Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. As always, want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. You do not want to miss out on these guys. Fall is here. Check them out, outpostcoffeeco.com. Well, on the program today, I am so excited. I have Pastor Zach Garris going to be on with us. He's the author of Masculine Christianity. Picked this book up a couple of months ago, and I'm telling you, it is a page turner. I could not put it down. I absolutely love what Pastor Zach has to say about the masculine culture in the church. I was, I'm going to read the first sentence off the back of the book. The Western church has gone feminist, like shots fired. Love what this guy is doing. He is trying to reclaim biblical masculinity, not some sort of a toxic masculinity, although that is what the left and uh, the world will call it. But it's biblical Christianity. And anywhere biblical Christianity is in place, you're going to find men who honor their wives, protect their wives, love their kids well, protect their kids, and they they shepherd their church. Like this is this is good stuff. So I cannot wait for you to hear the conversation that I have with Pastor Zach today over his book, Masculine Christianity. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast, Pastor Zach. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So glad you're here today. Man, uh, so I picked up your book a couple of months ago and and just read through it in the evenings. I was just hanging out in the house and just read through it. And I I used to write for a local paper and I had a monthly column. And it, you know every time I would write a, a column, they would get a ton of uh, readership and viewership. And things were going. I had a little bit of backlash from the crazy liberal left. But man, the hemisphere decides to burn down when I quote you in my last article that I wrote for the because they can't they canceled me, and they were upset because I, you basically say that feminism is a horrible thing and actually does not free women; it actually enslaves them. And so I was, uh, I thought, man, I'd love to have him come on the show just to talk about this and talk about your book because your book is fantastic. Love your book. Um, so welcome to the show. Well, yeah, thanks. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that they, uh, I guess they won't let you write anymore over uh, <laughs> the, the quote, but it also shows you kind of, you know, sacred cow in our secular culture is, uh, is feminism. You're not allowed to criticize it or at least say call it what it is i guess yeah exactly what uh so what what really drove you to, to want to write this book well i think over the years i you know was just constantly exposed to feminism in our culture and uh even in the church and so i was very aware of these things and and how it you know, went against the teachings of scripture. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there's works out there, obviously dealing with feminism and defending, I think more biblical, uh, view of, uh, gender roles and the like, but I, I didn't have a, a go-to book yeah. kind of comprehensive on scripture's teaching here. And so, um, yeah, I decided to write masculine Christianity uh, but it also has kind of a, you know, the angle at the beginning is, is diving into the history of feminism 
And so it's, um, I think it's unique in, in that regard. It's not just uh, looking at the scripture text that does that, but it first is kind of uh, laying out the, the problem uh, in our culture. Yeah, and I, I would agree. And, I, and man, the problem is that we have a, a, if you look at every television show that, I mean, the man is viewed as the bumbling idiot that can't, you know, chew gum and walk at the same time, but yet the children and, and primarily the woman is just looked on as the, the savior of the entire family unit. And I, I just, my heart has been breaking for years. And as I flipped through the pages and read what you said about feminism, I was, I just was, yes, 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 yes. Finally, somebody's saying it. And, and so what, I mean, Obviously, I think that this is the same ploy that that um, Satan used in the beginning. He he, you you talk about this in the book. He didn't come to the man at first. He he went to Eve. I was wondering, can you talk about that? Yeah. Well, in the in the garden, uh, the the serpent goes uh, around the husband, right, and so he deceives. Uh, the wife. And so, I mean, that's even, Paul picks up on that in, you know, really what's a central passage to, um, I should say a foundational passage to what scripture teaches about church leadership and preaching the like, and that women can't do that. You know, he says that Eve was deceived. Uh, You know, the woman was deceived, but not the man. And so I take that as both of them sinned in the garden, but uh, Eve was, Eve was the one uh, who was deceived, and, you know, Genesis 3 says, uh, you know, Adam was was with her, and so, you know, he's there, and he's just basically abdicating his his duty, his responsibility to uh, lead and protect, right? That's the big thing, and I, I talk about that, of course, is uh, God has given man the task of uh, providing and protecting, and so Adam should have been protecting his wife and he didn't, and um, and so the serpent, you know, exposed that that weakness, and he he undermined male headship, and uh, and and led the woman into sin, and then the the husband, you know, just went along with it. Yeah, well, I I look at, I mean, when you say male headship, everyone loses their mind and immediately thinks that oh, he's going to be the ogre that is going to be um, this this you know domineering, just you know put you in the kitchen and keep you barefoot and pregnant. And and I'm just thinking to myself, where did we go wrong in Christianity that that is what we view male headship as? Well, I think, I mean, part of it is there, there, there obviously is abuse, right. Of male authority that, that exists in the past. It exists today. Sure. And so that, that is a very real problem, but uh, feminism does not offer the right so- solution, right? Um, right. So what we want is is godly leadership, and and not just servant leadership. I know it's kind of a common thing that um, complementarians, if we want to use that term, right. like like to say. Uh, I mean, there's a sense in which leaders serve, but it it uh, it makes it sound like leadership is is weak and soft, and that's not that's not the case. And so, um. Yeah, I, uh, so so what I'm saying is that there there is a real problem with abuse, but it's the solution is not um, 
egalitarianism or equality. You actually, there, there will always be a head, a leader in the relationship, marriage relationship. And, um, and, and God, God has designed that to be the man. Now that, that very point though, which is, I think very clear in scripture, uh, despite the, um, objections of Christian feminists, egalitarians, um, you know, it is a clear point. And, uh, um, um, yeah, so, so the, the feminism is, it, feminism says they want equality, but at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, it often plays out where they want female leadership, <laughs> leadership really in a sense, sure. right? Cause you look, it's not even in the home, like in the church, Yeah, like we, there's not even a relationship there. It's just who, who's holding the office of pastor and elder Yeah, and they want women to hold that. Well, that, that's not equality. That's actually putting women above men in the, in the church it's leadership. And so I think that's pretty clear. That's, that's part of, I mean, feminism's that, you know, there's several things going on with it. Um, but that's one thing is they actually want female leadership yeah. and that's not how God has, has designed it. And, you know, this shouldn't, it shouldn't be offensive. Um, exactly. Based on scripture, nature, history. I mean, that, that's, I mean, it's kind of one thing I try to do in the book is appeal to common sense in, in a way, you know, what, what we all know to be true is you look at a man and a woman and they're clearly different. Yeah. It's obvious. Like just, just, physically their bodies and so I, I like to appeal to the fact that you know a, a man's body is much more suitable for uh, physical labor mm-hmm. a woman's body is obviously suited for childbearing that's that you know men can't do that and it's a, it's a glorious thing so um, when we recognize these things I mean we have to just embrace the, the differences and uh, and that those differences play out all throughout and it's not just isolated to the task of childbearing um so so that's one thing i try to argue is is you know it should be common sense it used to be common sense but now we're like you know basically fooling ourselves today our culture is and even many in the church trying to act like men and women are interchangeable yeah and that's just not the case i mean you even see it with like transgenderism and sports and things like that trying to allow men to identify as women and compete in women's sports and then they're winning the competitions it's yeah, shocking, right? I mean, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, shocking outcome, right? I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought a man a man actually can beat a woman? What? Are you kidding me? Well, of course they can. I mean, they're faster. If you put a if you put a man and a woman that are in the same relative shape in a race, the man's going to win. Like it's just it it, it right. you know, that's that's common sense. And I I don't understand why we have we have run from the common sense that that God designed us for His glory, and, and to and to for our good, like that. This is this when God created Adam and Eve. He said it was very good. I mean, he looked at us and said we're very good. And I just don't understand the common sense is dead when it comes to the idea that that men are to lead, guide, protect, be be the be the pastor of the home, and and women are are to take care of the children and to make a home and to honor their husbands. And I just, and when every, every relationship that I know of people that do this, their, their homes run beautifully and it's gorgeous and it's, right. it's amazing. 
But those that try to do anything different where the woman is, you know, running the house or, or, you know, I'm going to, my wife is the CEO of our home and she does this or does this. I'm like, this causes all kinds of problems in every area of the relationship. I just don't understand why we have moved from that. Well, I, I, here's a couple thoughts. I think there's, you know, at least two things going on with, with feminism here is, is, um, one, there, there's a inability to accept that differing duties and design between men and women can still be equal in value. Right. So I, 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 uh, I think men and women are different. And so in that sense, they're unequal, but we, we still say they're both made in God's image. They're, they're both, you know, of equal value. Um, and, and so, so some of this is just downplaying motherhood where our, our culture doesn't value women being feminine in some ways and right. certainly not being mothers. Um, so that's, that's a big problem. And so it's tied with my second point is that there's discontentment mm-hmm. amongst many women in their lot in life, right? God has assigned them to be wives and, uh, mothers. I mean, this is a vast majority of women aren't, don't have the gift of celibacy. They're going to marry sure. and, um, Lord willing to have children. And so this is a, this is a great thing. I mean, it's, I mean, being a mom is hard, obviously. Absolutely. Um, but that's, that's what God has assigned them in life. And so there should be contentment here, humility, and also joy though. Right. I mean, I think godly mothers are they're very happy as, sure. especially as time goes on, they raise godly children and, in Christ, and um, <clears throat> there's great joy in that. But many women today, are re- they rebel against this thing, and they want to be like men. So I definitely talk about that in, in the book, is that feminism is women wanting to be like men. It's not, I mean, there's the equality thing, but, um, you know, they, they want to leave the home yeah. and, and have jobs outside the home and careers, not just jobs, but careers, like be focused, like outward focused rather than inward focused in the home. And I mean, obviously look at what kind of havoc this wreaks where, I mean, what does that do to the home life? It's, it's like you you were saying, we, I mean, we have so many problems in America and, you know, this happens in other countries too, where, um, when both parents are career oriented, then there's no one home oriented. Yeah. They're not having very many kids, which by the way, this is like from, from my studies, this is like one of the biggest, if not the biggest problem in the world right now is, um, you know, apart from sin, people right. need to repent. Uh, it's the dropping population, like low birth rates. Yeah. So feminism is behind that. And that's a huge problem. We're going to have all sorts of, challenges uh resulting from this we, we, we can't even get into all those right now but um so you've got that and then you've got where people do have kids there's there's you know maybe not home-cooked meals yeah. not uh, eating out a lot not a lot of family time talk about just meals together yeah as, uh, as a family um parents having time with their uh kids and in, in teaching them scripture and the like mm-hmm. and then Yep. Oftentimes they're, they're they're having to put their kids in in school, so they can't homeschool yep. if they're both working. So that's um, you know if they can afford private Christian school, great. But a lot of times people can't, so then they use the public schools, and those are 
I think, teaching all sorts of Absolute, bad things today. Yes, yes. So, yeah, and so that's where we are. I mean, it even affects the church. This isn't just, uh, this isn't just unbelievers out there. Uh, feminism is, is alive and well in the church. It is, and it's interesting that, I mean, I, I grew up, my dad was a Southern Baptist pastor, and so I grew up in the in the Southern Baptist vein, and the, and for years, uh, it, it, that we didn't have an issue, or even, it, we didn't even entertain the idea of ladies being uh, a pastor. And now, all of a sudden, with, with uh, Beth Moore's little uh, explosion where she wanted to be um, the, a pastor or a preacher. Now we've got you know other other quote unquote you know Baptist leaders who are jumping on the gun and say yeah we need to we need to do this let women preach and 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 I know that the Southern Baptist Convention you know disavowed this but man we're that we're even having the conversation we, we've we're losing the battle then if we if we're having the conversation and quote unquote debating it we're we've lost and so. I just my heart aches to see that it's, that this is happening because it's in direct violation. I don't understand how you can read First and Second Timothy, Titus, and read the, through the pastoral epistles and not see clearly that men are to pastor; they're to be elders; they're to be deacons, uh, and and women can women serve in the church? Sure, but no, they can't. They can't be an elder. They can't be. They can still love on people, pray for people, minister to people, but they're not preaching. They're not behind the sacred desk. And I just don't understand the giant. I understand Genesis chapter three, where you know that's going to be her desire is to be over the man, and 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 that's that's there. But how do we combat this? What what do we do as churches? How do we how do we how do we how do we fight against this? insanity yeah well it's it's interesting uh the mainline churches like the um, presbyterian uh churches of the northern and southern branch they they started ordaining women um i can't remember the exact years but this stuff started in like the mid 1900s so -hmm. quite a quite a while ago and it's been a little more delayed i think in more conservative circles like the the southern baptist convention or, or even in my denomination, the PCA, which we don't ordain women, yeah. um, though we've got issues over um, women and uh, office of deacon and deaconesses and things like that. But that gets a little complicated. But sure, yeah, I mean these issues are even there today with women preaching. Um, and I mean, this, the the fact that you're right, the fact that we're having these conversations shows you there's there's the challenge, the the problem. Um, at the end of the day, I think in one sense the 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 solution is simple, and that is we have to teach on these things. We have to teach what Scripture says, and that hasn't been done always, and hasn't been done well. Right. And for a couple reasons, uh, one, I think um, you know some of these passages are controversial. They sound. Uh, offensive to modern ears, sure. and they say things very strongly. I think of, I mean, even First Timothy two. You know, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. First uh, Corinthians fourteen, which I argue is a, a parallel passage, that Paul says, "Let the women be silent in the churches." I mean, so, um, so there's been so tied with this is 
there's the fact that these, these sound offensive. And so a lot of times pastors don't want to preach them or they don't know how to handle the text. And so, um, so that's hard, right? right? So you have to, you have to know if you're going to go into the pulpit on these passages, you have to know the text. <laughs> yeah. You have to be able to understand the culture and, and, uh, and, and attack it and do it in a way that is going to appeal to uh, people in the pew and, and uh, you know, trying to understand that they've been totally conditioned by feminism, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's part of the, the challenge. Uh, but you also, you, you go to the resources and the commentaries and everything are getting filled with egalitarian interpretations. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's just, that's the vast majority of books that are published now is egalitarian this and, you know, attacking John Wayne and, uh, you know, Jesus and all this <laughs> crazy stuff. Well, yeah. You know, the patriot, the patriarchy and, um, and, and so one thing I try to do in, in, in the book and is, is basically say, look, patriarchy is good. That's just, it's father rule. Like, so yeah. we should redeem this word. It's fine. Um, we want uh, men to lead. They can do it gently. You know, I mean, scripture calls us to be gentle and patient. Well, sure. But there is a time for rebuke and being firm. And, 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 and that's what God calls, you know, Christians to do, and especially men to lead their homes, lead the church, to lead in society. And and this is what Scripture teaches. And so, I mean, that's, you know, my book is aimed there to help people, help Christians, help pastors think through these things, see the comprehensive argument from Scripture for male leadership, male rule. Yeah. And I, I think that's overwhelming. And so it's, you know, I, I mean, I think I, I, I try to, you know, I think I do as successfully as, as counter the arguments of the feminists with like First Timothy two. But another thing I do in the book is I show, hey, they love to talk about First Timothy two, but what about First Peter three, right? Or the Old Testament background of male leadership, right? That they don't counter these things. They can't. It's too. It's too clear. This is you know, male exactly. leadership is too clear in the scriptures. And so, um, once you have a good grasp on those things, I think you know pastors can teach it. Um, and then, you know, having men who aren't pastors still equipped, you know, even as elders or whatnot, leading in their home, understanding these things. And, sure. And if we teach it, then we'll, we'll do well. I think, you know, a lot of times the church assumes things rather than teaching them, and that's gotten us into a lot of trouble. Yeah, we, we, we read ourselves into the text, or we read our situations into the text, and, and it it. it causes all kinds of issues, causes all kinds of problems. And, and we are, we're seeing the fruits of, of what we've ended up being a part of. And, and I, I, I just have this heartfelt desire and, and I'm literally taking some of our guys in our church through your book. And, and I've, I, I have a heartfelt level desire to see a revival of masculine Christianity where men take charge and not in a domineering evil way but take charge in the way of honoring protecting leading providing uh, and doing something that is that is far beyond what we've been experiencing over the last you know 40 years and and it's uh i'm thankful to the lord that i that this uh was a friend of mine posted a quote from you on his social media and and I and I loved it. I was like, man, where what is this? And so I did some digging and found where it came from. And I was like, holy smoke! So I, I ordered it. And uh, man, I have not regretted reading this book. So 
Um, thank you for now, now. Now you have more time on your hands because you can't write a weekly uh, I am newspaper. Not, I'm comment. not writing them. I have one online, <laughs> but that's it. So. <laughs> I I need to get you to write for my for my uh, online. I, I've done this. I, I countered and, and put out an online journal that has uh, you know Christian authors. I need to get you in to, to at least nice. write something you know once in a while for me. So that'd be fabulous. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, so okay, let's let's go personal for a minute. Let's. Uh, um, your wife. How did you meet your wife? I uh, met her in church. Actually. Oh, wow! So good, good place, good place to meet uh, meet a wife. Isn't it though? It's like it was maybe designed yeah. to be that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. How many kids you guys got? Uh, two boys. Awesome. Uh, they're young. Uh, let's see, three and a uh, uh, newborn. Actually, relatively newborn. So. Oh, fantastic! Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Now, now you're pastoring in New Mexico, correct? Yeah. That's right. It's Los Alamos area, um, kind of known for the uh, nuclear lab here. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly where it's at. Yes, yeah, where uh, uh, the whole Oppenheimer, uh, I think they even filmed the movie. Part of it uh, out there? Here. So that's, yeah, so people hear all about that, obviously. That's nowadays. awesome. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's where all that went down is, is right here in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Now, how long have you been you've been pastoring? Uh, only two years. Okay. So you were, it's, I'm reading here in your biography that you were, you were a lawyer or are a lawyer. Um, tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I practiced law for a little while. I, uh, I, I mean, I'm still a licensed attorney, but I'm, I'm full-time pastor right now, but yeah. So I have a seminary degree and, and I went to law school. So, um, it's, it's good. I mean, you know, I like, I like law, but well, parts of it, um, but it's, it's useful, I think in a variety of ways, the legal training. Sure. Um, you know, so I guess, uh, you know, some people have argued or, or said that my, my book is like a, like a brief or, you know, they're, they're like, Oh yeah, it sounds like a lawyer arguing his case. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess so. That's, I'll take that as a compliment. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I win. right? Exactly. Right. Well, hey, listen, <laughs> I, I know I know people don't like to hear this, but hey, at the end of the day, we do win. Well, we don't win. Christ wins, and we just get to watch. <laughs> so right. we get to we get to uh, reign with him. There we go. Uh, that, that, absolutely, yes. Okay. I hundred percent. Well, okay. How can people, if they want to get a hold of the book, if they want to find out more about you online, how do they get? A, how do they find you online? Yeah, so you can uh, get the book. Online, but the best is easiest is usually Amazon. Um, there is a there's a ebook. There's also audio book, and it's it's on Canon Plus now. So some people get that, and uh, the audio book is. And so if you have that, it's on there uh, as part of the subscription. You can also just get the Audible or whatnot on Amazon. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I have that, and then I, I write also uh, my website knowingscripture.com, which uh, you know, I actually don't mostly write on, you know, gender roles and men and women. I mean, it, it comes up in things, and but, uh, you know, I write on a variety of things related to the scripture. And so uh, yes. you can find that. And I'm, I'm also on uh, Twitter, uh, at Zachary Garris. If people want to follow me on there, I post a variety of things, including some 
you know, Presbyterian, it's kind of been my, my studies lately has been, um, Presbyterian history. So nice. if people are interested in that, I, I get into some different things on there. Well, that's fantastic. Well, man, Zach, I appreciate you coming on the show today and just, um, sharing about your book, sharing your heart and, and helping us as men reclaim the ground of masculine Christianity. Appreciate you. Yeah. I'm glad to do so. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely, brother.